0: Coming to you from a cozy little condo, high atop old Fort Ward, Atlanta. Welcome Welcome. to the Ron Show on America
1: One Radio. Here's your host, Ron Roberts.
0: And a happy Thursday to you. We are coming up on what is going to be something of a nightmarish Friday. Uh, I say that because the Atlanta Hawks, having won a basketball game, has created this domino effect of what will come to be known as a nightmare scenario traffic-wise for those in the downtown Atlanta area. First of all, congrats to the Atlanta Hawks for upsetting the Boston Celtics in TD Garden in Boston in front of tens of thousands of loud and well-served Celtics fans that was no small feat, and I'm going to be honest. I have sort of fallen off the Trey Young bandwagon. Like I'm, like if they want to trade him, I I would say, I don't know. Let's see what you get for him. Just it hasn't really panned out, right? M- maybe this new coach. What is this his fourth? Maybe this new coach will be what, uh, what's needed to maximize Trey Young's potential, and maybe it already has been. I don't know. But you didn't come here to listen to me talk basketball. I mean, I could start another podcast and do that, but that's not what we're here for. So anyway, the Hawks winning, was it Tuesday night? Created this chain reaction that is going to lead us into a monumentally burdensome traffic scenario on Friday. The Hawks played a night at State Farm Arena. The problem is Janet Jackson's second night in Atlanta at State Farm Arena was also supposed to be tonight. And I suppose the backup plan all along was for Janet to back up a night, and that's what happened because the Hawks shocked the basketball world and won game five in Boston. I mean, they were going to be eliminated, done for the season, if they lost that match. And then Thursday night here, tonight at State Farm Arena, wouldn't have mattered for anyone but Janet Jackson and her fans. Instead, they get pushed back a day. The problem is, we have a larger venue right next to State Farm Arena. Maybe you've heard of it. Mercedes-Benz Stadium. There's going to be 60,000, 70,000 or more Taylor Swift fans. That's right. Descending on Mercedes-Benz Stadium this weekend, including Friday night. Oh, boy. I have a friend, Andrew, who is driving in from South Carolina to see Taylor and... Was asking about parking, and I said, dude, get here early. It's going to be a nightmare. In fact, where I live, you can walk two blocks to the streetcar, which will get you to Centennial Park and two blocks from it. So anyway, he's going to park at my condo building. And uh, I I hope the show ends before 11, because I think the streetcar cuts off at 11. This is something Marta could fix, by the way. On a a special night like Friday night, let's extend the streetcar hours. That being said, I have to note something that the Georgia Department of Transportation did that I think they thought was just to be cute but also informative and wound up being eye-roll and cringeworthy. About 24 hours ago, they tweeted, Anticipating a traffic surge, nearly 100,000 people, GDOT advises concertgoers to consider alternative transportation options. Alternative transportation options for Taylor Swift and Janet Jackson's highly anticipated concerts. Plan ahead so you can be fearless. It's Taylor Swift. Uh, and enjoy the show. They also uh, included a bit.ly link to their press release, which plays off of Taylor Swift and Janet Jackson song titles all throughout. Uh, advising commuters, concert goers to plan ahead. Uh, the press release reads, call it what you want. It's a song title. But the Georgia Department of Transportation, Georgia DOT, is anticipating a significant increase in traffic Friday evening due to an anticipated 100,000 people coming together again, Janet title, for two highly anticipated concerts taking place in downtown Atlanta, Tato Swift and Janet Jackson. With greater than normal traffic and increased demand for blank space, parking spaces, residents and visitors are advised to be fearless, there's that song title again, plan ahead and seek alternative transportation to get where they need to be and enjoy, that's the song title, Their time. All throughout this press release, plenty of song titles, lots of quippy things to say about getting here early and planning ahead and wishing, even wishing the Atlanta Hawks luck as the player's gonna play, 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 play in game six against Boston Thursday. In the tweet, in the press release, you know what I don't see? I, I don't see the word MARTA. Why can't they just say MARTA instead of alternative transportation options? MARTA. Five letters. Five characters. And characters are at a premium on Twitter, right? Five characters. MARTA. As opposed to alternative transportation options. Which, by the way, isn't a song title from Janet Jackson or, or Taylor Swift. You could have just said MARTA. Why would the Georgia Department of Transportation not suggest MARTA? There are free parking spaces, hundreds of parking spaces. In fact, there are some that have decks, lots of parking spaces, at nearly two dozen MARTA stations throughout Metro Atlanta. Let's just do the math here. If Just say, for example, and maybe there's a number somewhere. I don't know if MARTA has this information somewhere, and I just can't find it. If every MARTA station, all 23 MARTA stations, just had 100 spaces, and I think most have more than that, that's 2,300 spaces with, let's say, 2.5 people per car. That's 5,700 people that now don't have to drive into downtown Atlanta. I mean, we've just chipped away at what's expected to be a hundred thousand people coming to downtown Atlanta and leaving downtown Atlanta all at once. Okay, so that's only like six percent of the problem, but that's more than a quarter of the Janet Jackson concert goers. There you go. But wait, what about those who are thinking, "Aha, I will take Uber or Lyft, and then I won't have to deal with the traffic headache." But you'll still be in it. You're contributing to it still. You're just not going to pay to park. Okay, the parking problem isn't the only problem. The traffic is the problem. The time, getting in and getting out is a problem. So take your ride share to MARTA and then spend $2.50. In fact, you will have saved money without paying the heightened Uber or Lyft fees. You know, the rates go up during surge pricing situations like, I don't know, Taylor Swift and Jenna Jackson playing at venues next door to each other at the same day, same time. Yeah, you'll save money. So take your Uber or Lyft to a nearby MARTA station and then take MARTA in. MARTA moves thousands of people at once. Please, for the love of God, get the word out to anybody going to these shows. Get to a MARTA station, park your car for free, and get on the train. It's that simple. I'm pretty fortunate. I live a short walk, maybe two blocks from a streetcar stop. So I can take the streetcar into downtown, go see a Falcons Hawks Atlanta United match or a concert at either of those two venues, uh, get off at the Ferris wheel and walk two more blocks. And I'm in those venues and then I can walk two blocks again, get back on. The, if, the concert or game ends before 11. The streetcar stops running at 11 p.m., unfortunately. That's a huge oversight, if you ask me. But, as we've talked about this before, the streetcar doesn't really (laughs) serve any residential corridor. I just happen to live in an area where there are some apartment complexes and condominium developments and some townhomes and a couple of neighborhoods that are within walking distance that could make use of it if We were all needing to go downtown at the same time. That just doesn't happen in mass like that. But there's also a lot of parking around where I live too. You've got the King Library and the uh, MLK National Park. So there's a ton of parking there as well. I'm telling you, there's ways to figure out how to get to those venues and to those concerts that don't involve you driving all the way to those concert venues and parking at the Gulch or parking at one of the parking decks around those venues, it's MARTA, because it's SMARTA, get it? That was an old marketing <clears throat> back in the day. And don't even get me started on passenger rail, like something high-speed that connects Atlanta to Chattanooga, to Athens, to Macon, to Augusta, to Columbus. Whoa, would that not be nice? Even Savannah folks, you could just drive into Macon and then get on the high-speed rail that brings you here and get back to... It's just, but the Georgia Department of Transportation, their solution is, eh, just leave a little earlier and look at our cute press release with all the Taylor Swift and Janet Jackson songs. Aren't we quippy? (laughs) It's MARTA. 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 MARTA's your answer. Use MARTA. An extra lane on 85 or 75 or a peach pass lane on those thoroughfares, it's not going to change What's going to happen that night? And if you'll remember, I said this before when we were leaving an Elton John concert at the same time a Hawks game was ending, I believe. Georgia State had a football game the same night. There was a concert going on at the Fox Theater, I think. This similar scenario played out. It took me. Again, I live maybe a 35, 45-minute walk from Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I'm not walking that at night. I'm on my back. I can't do all that walking. Anyway, we sat there waiting for an Uber for 45 minutes. We sat there waiting for an Uber as long as it would have taken us to have just walked back here in the first place, y'all. Not that standing on concrete waiting for an Uber was much better for my back anyway. I guess in hindsight, I should have just hoofed it. And again, if the streetcar were running after 11 p.m., we'd have taken that and been just happy and back at my place. And everybody would have gotten in their cars and taken off. It would have been perfect. But we can't have enough of these nice things because folks that don't live in a city like Atlanta don't want a city like Atlanta to have nice things. Heaven forbid the folks that live in the exurbs and the suburbs and the rural parts of a state be okay with us expending a little bit to make living in the city comfortable. Why Why is that an issue? If you don't live here, why is it an issue? Why do you insist on making life less comfortable just to make a point? I know, listen, you don't have to tell me. I know what it's all about. I know it's about white flight and blah, blah. I know. I know. I'm just saying. Why are we still having this problem? It's an impediment to not just Atlanta's growth and ability to host events, major events. It hurts the state too, because when we lose out on things like, I don't know, Democratic Party national conventions because we don't have mass transit, and of course, organized labor, I get it. But because we have those shortcomings, That's less heads and beds and restaurants serving food and people getting paid and money going into the economy. That's all good for the entire state, not just Atlanta. But we don't have the political will to ensure that a city like Atlanta, which is a magnet for events, has the tools to properly host those events. I have no doubt we'll get along to finding solutions to these problems eventually, and it'll just be way more expensive when we deal with it then. And that's the problem. May I point out once again, we need a MARTA line to the battery, and Forsyth wants to build an arena out in the middle of nowhere, and we're not going to have MARTA anywhere near it either. Just like the arena in Gwinnett. Brilliant. Broadcasting five days a week to make common sense common again. This This is The Ron Show on America One Radio. Thanks for listening on this Thursday So Joe announced that he's going to run for president on Tuesday. Nice little slick rollout video and made a lot of good points. Made, you know, I I, I will confess, confess, I'm probably going to wind up having to vote for the guy because he will likely be. In fact, I don't see how he's not going to be the nominee the way the party is. Circling the wagons and probably going to shut down any primary activity. Much to the chagrin of yesterday's guest, who I also want to thank for coming by and giving us the entire show to talk to her, Marianne Williamson. You can listen to that, by the way, on any of your podcast platforms that you prefer. The Ron Show is there. I've got the links at ronshowatl.com, or you can just listen to it right from there. Or on SoundCloud. We've got her on SoundCloud as well. Marianne uh, sounded a lot like Bernie Sanders to me, and you you know I like that. She made a lot of great points about the sales pitch that Democrats are going to make. Democrats have a perception problem. They do. They have a marketability problem. (laughs) One of my softball teammates, who I've never heard utter a political word in his life, well, I've only known him a few months, but I've never heard him say anything political. I don't even see him post that much on social media that's political. But he posted something... Uh, yesterday that both made me cringe and chuckle at the same time. Is there a word that can combine those two? A cringe, Yeah, let Let's not go with that. Uh, it was on TikTok and he saw it and he shared it.
1: How is the best case scenario Joe Biden?
0: <laughs> Come on. see i'm gonna be singing that the rest of, and it's it it's earworm it's been stuck in my head the entire time how was the best scenario Joe? but y'all i hate to tell you this that's that's the mood that's the mindset i'm not saying anything that a lot of us weren't already thinking 70 was it 70 percent of the american public poll don't want Joe Biden to run for re-election or don't want a second Joe Biden presidency. Is that it? More than half of Democrats polled, but the party's going to shut that ish down. You know there's not going to be much of a primary situation. There won't be debates. There won't be podiums on deuses. It's pretty much a fait accompli. I mean, I wish Marion Williamson the best of luck. And anybody else who wants to make a run for the Democratic nomination... I think that's what makes for a healthy democracy. Marion Williamson said as much herself yesterday. She's right. She's absolutely right. This is what makes for a healthy democracy. When the mindset for the majority of the country, 70% don't want a second Joe Biden presidency, 60% don't want a Donald Trump second term or second presidency, I guess I could say, because it's not really a consecutive. Anyway, that's where we are. And those are... We're on a collision course for that to be the the option, which just leads folks back to
1: how is the best case scenario, Joe Biden? <laughs> Go blue. Mm-hmm.
0: They're really going to make me vote for Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. that doesn't instill enthusiasm, right? Mm-hmm. How is the best case scenario? Yeah. But it's not just Joe, y'all. We are watching this scenario unfold right now where once again Democrats can't get out of their own way. Literally. Senator Dianne Feinstein. 89, is it? She's 89 years old? Yep. Dianne Feinstein. Still a U.S. Senator. Joe Biden, by the way, would be 86 at the end of his presidency. And I'm not ageist. I again, was championing Bernie Sanders in 2016 and 2020. He would have been a president well into his 80s if he'd been elected in one of those terms. Dianne Feinstein, age 89. Let me read to you a tweet from Ro Khanna. Because Senator Feinstein was absent, the Senate overturned a Biden rule that would cut pollution from heavy-duty trucks and causes harm to people's lungs. We are putting decorum over democracy and our values. It's time for Senator Feinstein to step down gracefully. As the Daily Beast reports, Ro Khanna minced no words on Twitter Thursday when he reiterated his call for Senator Dianne Feinstein to step down after her prolonged absence caused Democrats to lose a party-line vote on a bill seeking to reduce pollution. While she had a lifetime of public service, it is obvious she can no longer fulfill her duties, he wrote, Ro Khanna on April 12th. Daily Beast continues, Feinstein has been absent for two months after being hospitalized for shingles, and Senate Democrats have given no timeline for her return. It's not just an image problem. It's a long-growing issue within the Democratic Party that only Barack Obama has been able to buck in decades. Democratic Party loves Lifetime Achievement Awards. Al Gore, your 2000 Lifetime Achievement Award. You get to be the presidential nominee. And how'd that go? 2004, John Kerry, you've been in the Senate a long, long time. You get a lifetime achievement award. And how'd that go? 2008 came along. Hillary Clinton, you get a lifetime. Nope. Who's that guy? Wow. Young, dashing, debonair, dare I say, hip with the kids. He won, got reelected. Social media sensation. Got some things done. So what did we do after that? We went right back to the lifetime achievement. Well, all right, we kind of screwed over Hillary Clinton in 2008 and did really well for eight years. So let's make up for that. Hillary Clinton, you get a lifetime achievement. Hold on. Who is that Jewish guy from Vermont? Get him out of here. Hillary, here's your lifetime achievement award. How did that go for us in 2016? We got away with 2020 less because of Joe Biden and more because of Donald Trump. And even... That we got Joe Biden into the presidency, we're now losing votes on heavy vehicle pollution because we gave another lifetime achievement award to Dianne Feinstein, who is 89 and not physically able to serve her constituents. This cost us in the Supreme Court with Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who, by the way, lived to be 87, a year longer than Joe Biden would be, in his last days as president if he serves a second term. Which brings us all back to the question.
1: How is the best case scenario Joe Biden?
0: (sighs) This is the hippest thing about him. They're really going to make me vote for Joe Biden. Had a few technical issues earlier this week on The Ron Show. By the way, welcome back. I am your host, Ron. That's why we call it that. On the America One Radio app and AmericaOneRadio.com, uh, Technical Issues Tuesday meant that we didn't get to air this interview, but I want you to hear as much of it as possible. So if you're strictly a podcast listener, this is a bit of a rerun. I apologize. Joining me today is Heidi Miracle. And I love your name, Heidi, first of all. Oh, thank you. Thanks for joining the show. Heidi is one of the folks who I think showed a lot of bravery last week. She showed up at the Cherokee County school board meeting to ask why Rob Recksteiner is still on the school board. Remember all this time I've been talking since the start of April that Rob Recksteiner, (laughs) AKA Rick Steiner, former wrestler, is uh, someone that is on the Cherokee County school board and likely ought not to be because of some anti-trans, anti-gay statements he had been accused of making, has yet to address publicly, has yet to uh, deny saying publicly or denounce, but apparently said because the folks who hosted the event he said them at, kicked him out of the venue. Heidi, mm-hmm. thank you for joining us. Tell us why this is such a personal story to you.
1: Sure. So um, this isn't my first time in front of the school board related to LGBTQ issues. Um, this It's been a while, but I'm back again. Um, I have a trans daughter. Uh, she came out at River Ridge High School in Cherokee uh, several years back, and she was the first a trans woman to publicly come out in high school. So we had a lot of issues um, then, but I'm taking this very personally because I I know lots of kids in the LGBTQ community at the high school and throughout Cherokee County, and there is no way that they feel safe knowing a member of their school board called a trans woman filth. And uh, I forget the other language, but it was very transphobic and very hateful. And I know it's not been... I guess proven, but it's been uh, corroborated by several people and it was bad enough. Like you said, he got thrown out of the event and the board has said nothing. The superintendent has said nothing. He has said nothing. If he's going to say he didn't do it, he needs to apologize to the LGBT community, parents and kids. If he did do it, he needs to apologize and, you know, say he'll change his behavior and uh, he needs some training to understand why that's so harmful. Trans kids are—they are so susceptible to um, self-harm mm-hmm. already in our society, mm-hmm. and you add in another person who's, you know, on the your board of your of your county for your school, right. basically not understanding, or actually, it's more than that. It's not just that he doesn't understand um, gender identity and trans identity. He from his language. It, he disapproves mm-hmm. he called the woman a man he he's telling our kids he doesn't believe their gender identity and that's the worst thing you can say to a trans kid so something has to happen and i, I am so frustrated there's been no response
0: yeah at, at I, all i'm right there with you and and have been for weeks now and and i think what i'm frustrated on many levels i'm frustrated that uh, local media has let this story basically dissipate uh, aside, right. aside from and I'll give credit to Shannon Ballou at the Cherokee Tribune news Ledger I think that's what it's called uh who covered the story uh she she did report on it but outside of that uh it, it made uh, I think it made 11 Alive news I know it made WSb TV it was mm-hmm. in the AJC but from then on it's been nothing not a th- and Correct. I get I get that like when it all happened the school board or the the school district was on spring break nobody's gonna answer a phone if they're not there I get that but uh, upon return, why were there no questions asked? Why were there no statements made? And right. and I, I'm kind of with you. He's not only not denying it. He's just not saying anything. I get the sense that they're just kind of running the clock out because the end of the school year is coming and summer vacation will give them cover.
1: Exactly. And so I, there were some people who received an email that basically said that his service on the board has been exemplary mm. like everything related to you know his schoolwork has been fine but that doesn't matter that's not what's in question uh, in the ethics code it specifically states something along the lines of you know behavior outside of school mm. uh, can can break moral code and there are consequences they can find him they can have a sort of an investigation um, they're doing nothing and then another person i know emailed her board member and got their response that basically said, well, there's no proof. And if a kid's bullied in school, I don't know what kind of proof you have to have, but I would think someone corroborating it would be good enough. And we've got corroborators. So he's a bully and we've got proof and it just, it's blowing my mind. It just, but I will say this and not too, I, I love Cherokee County schools, but I will tell you every time I've been in front of that board, And it's the same for any topic, and I've watched other people through the years. You stand up, you say your piece, you sit down. It's just a forum so you can be heard, but nothing happens. I don't know anyone that's gotten a change out of standing in front of the board. And I think everybody does it thinking there'll be a change, Uh but I didn't go there for that. I knew it probably wouldn't. I went there so that trans and LGBTQ kids could maybe hear it and maybe get wind of it and know that there's people in the community who are angry and who care about them.
0: Which again disappoints me because the only media coverage that even the school board meeting got uh-huh. was the one story I saw in the Cherokee Tribune Ledger online. and I don't even know if it made the print version, but I know it made it online. There's been no follow- up from local. yeah, there's been no yeah. no follow- up from local media whatsoever. It, it's like outside of this show and outside of that one article, do those kids mm-hmm. have any idea that anyone went to that school board meeting and stood up for them?
1: I I doubted they wait. They put public participation at the end of the school board meetings for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the people are there to see their kids get some awards, mm-hmm. which is nice. Yeah. But then they take a break and they leave. There was probably fifteen people in the room mm-hmm. when uh, I and the other speakers spoke, um, and that's it. And you know, I know people who were watching online um, who were very interested in hearing the speakers, but. I don't know if it trickles down to the kids who need to hear it.
0: And, of course, that YouTube video is not on their YouTube channel. It was a live feed and has since been removed. We're on with Heidi Miracle, who is a Cherokee County parent of a trans student. Uh, well, a trans child who was a, a student in the Cherokee County School District. Am I saying that right? Since graduated? Yes, correct. Okay, good deal.
1: Yes, and I, and I have another child who's also part of the LGBT community at the school now. So
0: Bless you. Yep bless you uh we were talking off the air uh waiting on uh, this segment to come and y- you know I-, I told heidi it's just heartwarming to see folks speaking up for the lgbtq plus i grew up in a county not unlike cherokee county outside of augusta georgia where it wouldn't have been inconceivable for a school board member to say something as ignorant as rob Brecksteiner uh, allegedly mm-hmm. did mm-hmm. the fact that yep. the fact that he said it is one thing or allegedly said it the fact that he won't even denounce it to me is kind of stunning in and of itself that he won't apologize is one thing that he won't even denounce it is to me just sort of the insulting part does doesn't that strike you that way
1: yes it's i mean it's basically it seems like he's affirming that he meant what he said Yeah. um i mean you know i know it's alleged but like assuming he said it because he's not denying it it's like he's standing behind it and then it feels like the board's doing the same.
0: Yeah, deny it if you didn't say it. That's my thing. All along that's what I've said all along deny it if you didn't say it.
1: Right. And I think they're not denying. They basically like I said before they're saying he's fine on the board so we don't care what he's doing outside of it, which feels real familiar <laughs> from other uh, political arenas um, where you know the morals of a person are seeming to be not taken into <laughs> account and all we right. can't do that. <laughs> mm. Um, yeah, yeah
0: it has to have been yeah. uh, uh, you know a, a tough go of it the last few months. So because not only do you have this going on at the school level, but we we saw over the weekend we had anti-Semitic and anti-trans litter uh, mm-hmm. thrown on lawns in Metro Atlanta. You had yep. the state legislature and the governor affirmed by signing uh, a law that denied gender-affirming care for yep. trans youth under the age of eighteen. We, we had a transgender ban in the military under President Trump. There's just been a, this this toxic environment for uh, trans people.
1: It it's constant, and the fight is constant, and it's it's they're being used as a you know political um, I don't know the right words token, right. Uh, just you know to get votes and give people something to focus on. And it's sad that they're choosing uh, such a Um, fragile vulnerable group of people it's disgusting really so tell
0: me what led up to your participating in the school board meeting I honestly I didn't know what to expect I didn't know mm -hmm. to expect one parent five parent no parent right tell me what led up to the school board meeting and how prepared you guys were and what sort of uh, organized effort there was for this
1: sure um, so the I was very aware uh, from you know the social media and the news what had already happened um, with mr. Steiner so I was aware of it I am part of a Facebook group of um, of women in Cherokee County and someone I think actually may have interviewed her as well from the Democratic, Cherokee Democrats um put out a call to action to ask if anyone wanted to speak. Nice. So um that was the day before so I wrote a speech kind of overnight and got in there and did it. Um there were four parents who showed up the other three I didn't know we didn't organize. It's mm-hmm. um it came together. I was so glad there were others there though and it seemed to be I don't think they were all parents of trans kids. I might have been the only one or mm-hmm. they didn't say that. Mm-hmm. Um they just said, you know, it's just it's 2023. This is unacceptable. And we can't have him on our school board. You got to do something. And for them, same as for me, they just say, your three minutes is up. And then you go sit down. Um, we, You mentioned a minute ago, if it's okay, can I talk about like what next steps could be?
0: I would love to know what the next steps are. And in fact, I'm encouraged to hear that there are next steps because I don't <laughs> want this to go away.
1: Well, it takes someone stepping up yeah. and, you know, I'm still thinking about it because I like I said, I've done this before, and it takes a lot of effort and emotional yeah. energy and time. Um, but what I would suggest next, um, and having, like I said, been through this before around a bathroom fight around my daughter um, being, you know, trans and using the women's restroom, um, I've worked with other um, social justice groups to get help, mm-hmm. and I would, you know, suggest going in directly to talk to the superintendent or whoever they'll let you and to speak with. Uh, it's a good idea to be, um, cooperative. Um, I didn't get to the end of my speech, but I suggested like some trainings that would be helpful for Mr. Steiner and the whole board. I've Mm -hmm. done that before. I think that's a cooperative way to approach it. Um, I've also said, you know, I'll help in any way you, you want. We can, um, you know, anything. I'd like just offering help more than just blaming. Because if you go in just blaming and arguing, you're not going to inventing, you're not going to get anywhere. So that's the first step. Something along the lines of trying to find a solution. Mm -hmm. Um, My guess is that will go nowhere because that's happened in the past. And then that's where you start moving on to, like I mentioned, like you start contacting the ACLU or Georgia Equality or Lambda Legal, and you start getting their help and advice and, those organizations are there for that and they will help you. They may not necessarily like help you take it to court and you know, on holes, but they will, they will help you. And county attorneys might um, superintendent, Cherokee County school district attorneys can get involved and they help you through that process. And all you do is keep trying. Nothing may happen, but that's the route to go to, to keep the pressure on and you, you hope it doesn't get contentious, but, You know, if they don't start doing something at some of those steps before, that's what's going to happen.
0: We are on with Heidi Miracle, Cherokee County parents of a graduate, someone who's graduated through the school system who is trans and you have another LGBTQ plus child who is currently in school there now. Did I get that right?
1: You did. All you got right. it right.
0: So, I, you know, I'm I'm not going to lie. I have had uh, representation on this show before from Georgia Equality, and when this story broke, I emailed the executive director at Georgia Equality to share the story, <clears> and, <throat> in hopes just of seeing, yeah, in hopes yep. of seeing some action from uh, from Georgia Equality on this. But I haven't heard any yet, and that's that's kind of concerning for me. So maybe it just needs to come from someone other than just me. I don't know. Have you reached out to them or
1: <laughs> I have not, but I kind of have. I have a history of working with them, and I know Jeff Graham a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that should be my next step. Thank you for saying that, because I didn't know you'd already reached out. And they hadn't done anything. So mm-hmm. um, I will try that, and I'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, they, they uh, released a statement after the events of last weekend with the uh, anti-Semitic and anti-trans literature uh, arriving on lawns in Metro Atlanta last weekend. They did release a statement right. to that. So I, I just responded to that email and said— Mm -hmm. what about the Cherokee County school board situation? Right. Uh, I think that's the second or third time that I've reached out to Georgia quality and I have Jeff's personal email. So I've, I've emailed him about it as well. So Mm -hmm. I, I I don't know. I don't know why this one is just not being focused on as well. I I think it's a a very important moment for organizations to step up and speak out in, in these communities where we're dealing with limited numbers of people. Right. And, that doesn't mean that it's not important.
1: Oh, it's absolutely important. Now, someone gave a statistic during the speeches during his speech. And I, I can't remember the exact numbers, but if you, you know, take the whole County, Cherokee County school system overall, um, there's at least over um, 200 trans kids in the system. Wow. Um, yeah. I, well, let me take that back. It might've been LGBTQ total, but yeah. I, that sounds too low to me. Um, so I, I think he said yeah. 200 out of, out of all the students and, I know at least ten in River Ridge High School, um, so you know it's not inconceivable. Um, and those are just because you know, uh, just friends of my daughter or through particular groups. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's um, yeah, we got to do something, and I'll keep trying. And this conversation, thank you for inviting me to speak. This conversation's get motivating me to um, to do more than I've you know just stand up and speak because I know that doesn't. Do much in terms of change.
0: We're on with Heidi Miracle, who is not only a parent of a trans child and a gay child in Cherokee County, but also had the bravery to stand up at a school board meeting last week to denounce Rob Recksteiner, a board member, for being anti trans in public. We'll talk more with her after the break. Welcome back to The Ron Show for Thursday. As I mentioned before, we had some technical issues on Tuesday that prevented folks uh, listening on the America One Radio app or AmericanOneRadio.com to hear an interview I had with a parent from Cherokee County. Heidi Miracle is her name. She has a trans child who has graduated through Cherokee County School District and another gay child who is in the school district. Rob Recksteiner, a.k.a. Rick Steiner, is the vice chair of that school board. He made all kinds of headlines nationally, like TMZ.com, for God's sakes, because he got kicked out of WrestleCon or WrestlingCon or whatever it was in California, March 31st for yelling anti-trans and anti-gay rhetoric at Giselle Shaw, a trans wrestler. Literally kicked out of the event. WrestleCon, y'all. This isn't like some tree-huggy, super-lib, save-the-planet kind of event. This was WrestleCon. And Rick Steiner, a.k.a. Rob Recksteiner, Cherokee County School Board Vice Chair, was kicked out of it. So some parents actually went to the school board meeting last Thursday to publicly ask, why is this D-bag still on the school board? I'm sure they put it nicer than I did. But here's my conversation with Heidi from Tuesday about their attendance at that school board meeting. Did you get anything by way of reaction from anyone? Was there applause? Was there head nodding? Anything that gave you any indication that you had at least made some headway with the room?
1: Uh, yes. So, so the few people that were there, um, like I said, four of us were there to speak, um, you know, against Mr. Steiner's actions. And I'd say each of us, you know, applauded the other, which was nice. And someone reached out to me and, you know, said, thank you for taking care of our students. And as I was leaving the building, someone kind of came over and said something similar. And I'm not sure if they were teachers or parents. Mm. Um, I didn't, I was emotional at that point, sure. very emotional, sure. um, at leaving the building. Cause it, it, it's tough. It's it to them. It's just, you know, some random event that happened maybe, and they're just like pushing it under the rug. But for, for parents of LGBTQ kids and the students, it's real. It's, it's, it's impacting their lives, our lives. And it's, has
0: to be taken seriously. I agree a thousand percent. Well, I, listen, no. any parent who would allow another adult to speak ill of their kid in a specific or even in a general capacity, you know how well we're, we're, we live in the South. We know how bowed up people can get. I'm going to go over there. I'm going to have something to say about you know, right. And and for 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 them not to expect uh, parents of the LGBTQ plus to also be just as mama bear or papa bear about their kids uh, is mm-hmm. it's delusional not to expect that.
1: Right. Right. I'm a mama bear all the way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got I'm going to I'm going to be honest. Again, I I was kind of circling the date on the calendar uh and talked about this on the show a lot leading up to that date and I didn't know what to expect. So I was scouring the interwebs. I would type Rob Recksteiner <laughs> in and see if there'd be new news in the Google search. And finally, the 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 Shannon Blue article at the Cherokee Tribune popped up, and mm-hmm. it, it was hard to find on the website too, honestly. Uh, but I was encouraged that, again, that someone reported on this and that there was just more than one parent. I mean, there was mm-hmm. you know three or four of you guys speaking up, and it really warmed my heart. Again, this is... This is personal for me as much as it is for you because I, I, I was that gay kid who back right. in the 90s was afraid to come out, couldn't come out because you didn't know who had your back back then. And you'd hear things from teachers and coaches even that made you pause and wonder, I can't say That's anything true. to that person. And, and if to, to have it on your school board to me is just disheartening. I can't imagine. Uh, my only hope is that these kids just don't pay attention to this stuff and don't know about it as much as we do
1: uh that's that's true sometimes that is something i have found sometimes i'm more worked up about something (laughs) than my than my kids are and they can't sometimes they can let it kind of blow up their back but not always and when when it's coming from everywhere and like Mm -hmm. you said the bills that passed i i know at least four families of friends who are moving out of state Uh. because the bill passed for not having gender um affirming care for their child and they had no choice it's um Sorry, I'm getting I'm off on a tangent, but it's just no, that's... not okay. Uh, can I give one plug for P-Flag? Absol- I don't know if people oh, know P-Flag. we, we
0: love P-Flag. I worked with <laughs> P-Flag last year with my softball league. I love Vitali <laughs> and the group at P-Flag. Please do.
1: Sure. So P-Flag is a support group for LGBTQ people, parents, allies, and we have a chapter in Cherokee County as P-Flag Woodstock. Uh, we formed a couple years ago and I'm one of the facilitators for the support group. I'm not sure the exact meeting times, uh, but if you like Google PFLAG Woodstock or look on Facebook, you'll find us. And we're out there now and trying to support the whole LGBT community in Cherokee County. And um, it's an awesome place to be.
0: No, you're, you're right. PFLAG you. P- is a wonderful organization. I, I, I'm i thinking you guys work in tandem with PFLAG Atlanta. In, we in do. All realm, the
1: chapters right? work yeah. together and then we work regional and then statewide and then southeast. Yeah, it's, it's all connected. In PFLAG, I would say that the majority of the people that do come mm-hmm. are parents of trans kids who are maybe starting the journey and looking for answers and support and living in Cherokee County in an area where it's
0: not information's safe. in short supply. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're right. Short supply. And you don't feel safe to talk to just anybody. So that's what we're there for.
0: I would love to have you on the show again at some point in time, because I think there's a larger discussion to be had about the gender affirming care conversation. And mm-hmm. I think personally, it's important sooner than later for trans youth to be able to receive because the the more you wait, the harder the transition is. There are physical Absolutely. characteristics that take, take form, sooner than you would like or not at all and... Are irreversible. There's just so much I think that can be said about that. But
1: oh, absolutely! I could talk about that for an hour. So yeah, but yeah.
0: we'll we'll, mm-hmm. we'll we'll keep it in focus. I want to thank you again, Heidi Miracle, uh, a parent in Cherokee County who has a graduated Cherokee County mm-hmm. child uh, who is trans and another LGBTQ plus child in the school system right now. To me, you're you're one of the little heroes that showed up last Thursday to say Rob Recksteiner needs to not be on that school board. Thank you uh, so much for doing that.
1: Thank you for having me and thank you for doing your show and uh, focusing on this topic. Topic. Appreciate it.